Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Beyond the Arc podcast. Once again, I'm here with Yash, aka Mathcaball. Hello, hello. Yeah, so with this week not having any games uh, to watch or anything, it's been kind of it's been kind of boring for for us. I don't know. I don't know about you, Yash, but for me, it's like it feels like you have nothing to do sometimes. Yeah, uh, a week without basketball just just feels weird. Yeah. Yeah. All star All Star weekend wasn't exactly our favorites either. So yeah. Yeah, so we were thinking today maybe we'll have a little bit more of a, a freelance podcast, but just to start things off, we're going to talk about um, some of the contenders or what we think about the contenders in uh, each conference. So, Yash, uh, let's start with the Western Conference. Um, so what do you think that top tier is and, like, wh- uh, what do you think about those teams? Yeah, uh, I definitely have, like, a tier A of contenders, and uh, I'd put Phoenix and Golden State into that their own tier. Um, and then uh what memphis utah in that second tier and then i i'd say that's about it for the west yeah i would probably have the same i don't know just i don't i don't want to like completely sell out on the lakers because you still they, they yeah. just have an immense amount of talent mm-hmm. um, and i don't think you could ever count that out but just the roster construction is so poor that it's like it's just like they're fighting themselves every single time they play mm-hmm yeah, I actually, yeah, you, that's a good point. I was actually going to put feet, uh, LA into that second tier. I, I was just looking through the standings and they just, they're not in that top eight. So they didn't pop out to me at first. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't count out LA and I, I'd put them into that second tier as well. Yeah. I mean, part of it's just health, but like when they've played together, like it's looked, it, it's looked fine. I would put them to compete against like most other teams when fully healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and down on LeBron and is there a team you want in that group you want to focus on go into a little more in depthly? Yeah, uh, I'll pick my squad, Golden State. Um, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like in any matchup they'd have the best player on the court, and that automatically puts them at an advantage. Um, so, Golden State, uh, you got they're they're more defense oriented than offense. Come playoff time, even I'd say. Um, obviously you have Draymond Green, the best defender in the league, uh, backline who basically enables you to play any defensive scheme. Um, you know, in Golden State, yeah, they can play, uh, drop, switch, hedge, whatever, based on any given matchup. Um, and a lot of that has to do with Dre, of course. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll, that's why I feel like, uh, offense, at least on defense, they match up well against the top, top, uh, offenses in the West, at least um offense uh, uh we saw a little bit in the plan that uh they went a little too motion heavy and, and that ultimately uh i feel like that brought them down against la and memphis who were ready for that uh, so as long as they sprinkle in a little uh more versatility coming into this year's playoffs and clay thompson obviously being back and uh their their bench being bolstered uh would help with that um but I take my chances with Golden State versus any team in the West. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you brought up that you think they're a more defensive-oriented team than offensive-oriented because historically everyone thought of them as some like juggernaut offense and then their defense kind of gets undersold a little bit. So you, mm-hmm. you personally think that they're more of a – or they should be more of a defensive team than an offensive team. Yeah, I think they've always has been. They always have been, actually. Even in those dynasty years, uh, you know, they, they started from their defense and obviously with their offensive talent, um uh, uh it, it, it sort of was second fiddle to that defense yeah 
the one thing I have the uh, one thing I have about the Warriors is just like the lack of athleticism at like the at the five spot. They just don't have a like a big like Von Looney even is like a little bit undersized, and obviously there's no verticality there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also there's been murmurings of like James Wiseman coming back. So do you think he's going to be able to like contribute to them come playoff time and like just find some sort of groove heading into um, the latter part of the year? Yeah, uh, that, there's a big if on James Wiseman. Uh, I mean, playoff minutes, I mean, I definitely think he can help this team um, in, a, in a limited role, um, you know, sort of uh, take them out of that motion-heavy scheme and simplify things um, just with just him being on the forward force you to do that. Uh, but him playing in the playoffs is a, is a big if, um, especially against higher-level teams that are really good at exploiting your, exploiting your weakest link. Uh, it's going to be really hard for him to see the floor defensively, uh, which is an area he's still very raw, uh, as well as on offense. Um, but uh, yeah, even in a limited role, it's probably going to be hard for me to see James getting uh, even uh, a few minutes come playoff time. Uh, but I think he can contribute in the regular season. Yeah, hopefully he'll come back. It's just very interesting to me how many like, young developmental guys the Warriors have on top of just like the core they have of like Curry, Clay, Draymond, all that. Cause they have like Kuminga, Wiseman and Moody who've all been like, like over the past like few years have been discussed as like the, as like, um, it's just like, there's like two sides of like what the Warriors are. Like there's like the young developmental side and then trying to like add another championship to their run. Yeah. So they're sort of balancing two different timelines. Um, it's like to this point it's, it's worked, but like we really can't say until we see the result of this season. I mean, um, I would say, though, that's a way more favorable position position than, like, the Lakers, so to speak, when they just throwing everything away. All they yeah, have is, like, 2027 pick, which I'm glad they didn't they didn't move. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. For, for Wiseman, though, I kind of envision, because I feel like they do kind of need that lot. They just need, like, a big body who can just, you know, rebound, be physical down low, match up with some of the, the beard guys, but obviously Wiseman, you know, second year players, pretty much a first year player, actually. Yep. Um, with just the amount he's played, but I can just really imagine him like, em- like, em- cause I know empty side pick and rolls this year have been like huge trend with, with like the, the sun's running a bunch and other teams starting to copy them. But I can really just imagine Wiseman, but like how athletic and long he is just like empty side stuff with some shooter lifting from the weak side. Like that's, that's a pretty unstoppable play, especially when you have Curry handling the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we can let's let's go briefly to the uh, Eastern Conference. So um, Eastern Conference is a lot, I think, a lot more different than the West. There's a lot of different teams that have been kind of uh, rising that weren't doing as well earlier in the season, like the Celtics. But then like there's the Bucks and the Nets who've kind of been like sinking down a little bit. And you and coming into the year, people would have thought they are like the the uh, top tier of contenders. So like, what, what do you think about the Eastern Conference? Like overall, uh, yeah, it's it's from top to bottom, it's it's definitely tough. Um, uh, right now, it's uh, it, it's probably a better than the West, uh, factoring in like uh, j- just general competitiveness from one to eight. Um, but at the top, uh, I have like I'd say Milwaukee is my favorite right now, and you know, come playoff time, I, I don't know if anyone else is in their tier, honestly. Um, I, I just think they match up really well against uh, against every other team. Uh, do you want to give your thoughts and we yeah, can branch yeah, yeah. back and forth? Um, my thing with the Bucks is like I, I know they have Middleton, Holiday, Giannis, and when they're on the court, 
um, altogether. It's going to be a really good lineup. But the, just the, the depth fall off after those guys is just such a concern for me. Yeah. Um, like you're you're getting it like after like Pat Connaughton, which is probably one of the more steady players. And he, by the way, he's hurt right now, too. So he's not mm-hmm. even uh, playing. But you're getting to like Grayson Allen. You're getting to Jordan Nora. Like it falls off really, really quickly for them, which is pretty, uh, pretty concerning to me. Um, and then I don't know, did them bring back Sergi Baca? Like to me, that kind of signals that they're not as confident in Brooke Lopez's recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their defense has kind of sank a little bit um, with with Lopez out, just like him being so so good in drop. Yep. Um, and if you remember, like Bobby Portis, he played pretty well in the finals, but before that, he was out of the rotation for the Bucks, like in some of the earlier series like against the Bucks. I mean, against the Nets, because um, he can't really he doesn't do too well in switch, and they don't really have um, another option to add Serge Ibaka. But there's a reason why the the Clippers are moving on from him. Uh, so yeah, this depth for me is a little bit of a concern. Uh, I kind of, let's move a little bit towards some of the teams that have been like rising, uh, rising a little bit that's been kind of unexpected. So um, yeah, the Celtics for me, I've been keeping my eye on uh, a lot because I'm just I don't know I have a I have a, friend, a personal friend who's a really big Celtics guy, so he's always talking about fire Udoka, and then last year fire Brad Stevenson. He's very react a reactionary Celtics fan, so I hear a lot about them. Uh, but yeah, this I think they're just a really interesting team. I really like like Tatum and Brown's games, like just aesthetically. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, do you what do you what do you think about the the Celtics? Yeah, the Celtics defense is definitely legit. Uh, I'm a big fan. Um, like I think they don't have they're not super versatile. I think they switch a lot as their primary mode. Uh, but they're like really freaking good at it. Um, and they can like legitimately switch one through five. Uh, you know, going down the line from Derek White all the way to Rob Williams. And uh, I, I think offensively is where I'm still a little, uh, I'm still a little mole, uh, mole with, uh, you know, t- like Derek White was, is an excellent complimentary piece. Um, but I don't know if a team, you know, as good as Tatum is, I don't know if a team that's uh, led by him as your, is your primary offensive initiator can really go too far uh, against like good playoff defenses. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so the, the Celtics have kind of got a little more buzz because they went on a huge winning streak that I'm oh, – no, they lost the Pistons, the Pistons one of their last games by, like, one. Um, but mm-hmm. before that, they were they were beating everyone, like, pretty pretty handily, too, because I know their strength of schedule during that time was pretty weak. Um, mm-hmm. But they were beating teams by, like, double digits. And when you're beating those, like, lower-level teams by double digits, that's a pretty good sign that, like – your team's gonna your team's pretty good like it's gonna translate into better competition but yeah uh defensively i just really like them. like there's no one that a team is gonna be like let's match up hunt them and like let's go post these post this guy yeah, they have no one that you, you can, can do due to that so everything's gonna if they can stay in front obviously but everything teams can have to shoot a lot over the top which i like um that's just a, that's just a generally a good bet you make over a seven game series when you have um those type of defenders um, and then the other thing I was watching, uh, some, some Ben Taylor, uh, one thing he noted was like the defensive switch they had would they put, instead of having Rob Williams in, in their, uh, drop coverage, like at the point of attack, um, they've been moving him to guarding like a lot of the, the, the corner guys. So he'll come over and rotate weak side and then use his, um, verticality to, um, contest shots at the rim because Al Horford's uh, probably a little better in drop just experience wise. Yeah. He's a, uh, he's a bit bigger, um, so I think that's a pretty, pretty cool wrinkle they have. Uh, and the other thing I, I 
I got from uh, his his podcast was that they actually have like when they played that Horford Williams four or five and they have Tatum, they have like three pr- like pretty good rim protectors on the floor, which is mm-hmm. uh, especially in a switch in a switch defense. That's really good. Um, Derek White is also a fantastic rim protector. Yeah, guard. He, yeah, yeah. He's a really good shot blocking guard too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, you can con- contrast that with like Miami, uh, where like they, I, I would say they probably over switch a little bit with Bam, um, mm-hmm. because then because once he gets beat, then they have no one back there to really. Right. I mean, it's like Kyle Lowry just takes some charge. Like that's their <laughs> second best form of of rim protection. But yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you, do you think the Celtics are going to be able to like get themselves into, uh, into that like top tier, uh, of contenders? Um, so like a top tier for me is like, bro, like them against the bucks, them against the nets. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, what do you think? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, actually with, there's a lot of uncertainty with Brooklyn and Philadelphia to the point where, I think there is a, like a very slim chance that Boston could rise to like that top two, uh, top two positioning uh, come playoff time. But uh, I don't know. I, I still think they're missing that um, that one offensive piece. Just offensive you know? pop, yeah. Yeah, like uh, like those. Yeah, this recent stretch where uh, they had a lot of success had a, had a lot to do with their ball movement. Um, I think. Uh, a lot of their struggles early in the year, the ball was just sticking to one side of the floor. There was very little ball and player movement. Um, but I, I know Derek White has obviously boosted that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just think there's a lot lacking uh, with the Tatum run offense. That's mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just me. Yeah, I will. No, I, I, I don't know. Just for my just like watching them, uh, I've noticed he is getting downhill um a little more like using his body because he's like, pretty strong he just like never really used it uh used it that well like a lot of times he's just settling early on in the season it was really really confusing and hard to watch at times especially like at mm. the end of games when they would literally go on these zero point scoring droughts for like five minutes because like just shots are not falling um but yeah you know we'll see when they they hold their first game back they're playing brooklyn um Ooh. you know we'll see if Ben Simmons is going to be back. I don't, I don't know, uh, but that'll be a, that'll be an interesting matchup just to see where they're at coming out of the, the all-star break. Sure. Um, yeah. Is there another team that pops out to you on the Eastern conference? Um, so we've, we've talked about Milwaukee, uh, Brooklyn, well, even time for uh, some Chicago, man, Chicago, man. I don't know if I'm feeling the love contender what? love at least for Chicago. Oh yeah, I mean me, the East is just so good, man. Yeah, like, they just, there's also Miami that we've touched on a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't I don't think they're as good as those um, like three or four. Yeah, so Chicago kind of been like my team this year, and I've mm-hmm. talked about it a decent amount because like I got a I why well, I wrote an article beginning like before the season started like oh why Chicago's gonna have like a breakout year. Um, and obviously right. my reasoning was not my reasoning was not completely right but like the overall conclusion that they they would be a pretty good team i actually i probably didn't even, i did not expect them to be tied for number one right now record wise um with the heat but i know just they've had so many injuries like after that first stretch where they're playing super well like they've not had a remotely healthy team they're playing guys that are like fringe 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 nba players like matt thomas What's his name? Malcolm Hill. Like they've been playing these these uh, guys that probably shouldn't be in any sort of NBA rotation. 
Um, and DeMar DeRozan just willing them to victories with like no Zach Levine, no Lonzo Ball, no Caruso. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, and I will say Vucevic has really started to play well. He's hitting more of his pick and pop stuff that weren't um, hitting early on, uh, which I think is just adds another dimension to their to their offense. But um, with the Bulls, I think if like injuries like break their way, hopefully, even though they haven't this year, um, I think they they do have a shot because just their overall level of shot making on offense between DeRozan and Levine and then once Caruso and Ball comes back and that like suffocating like point of attack defense I think there I think there is um something there one of the things I'm a little concerned about is just like the size at the four because they've been playing Javante Green and Javante Green is kind of like like he's a good good energy piece but he really doesn't provide much offensively like he's yep. he's guarded as a non-shooter um even when he does catch it he's very hesitant to shoot um so a lot of times just like catch it drive try to like extend the advantage but it doesn't always uh work out um but that part of that's just due to like lack of overall offensive talent but i just i don't know i think he's a good spot player um just like inject some sort of energy but i really don't think he should be there starting for in my opinion mm-hmm. um, like i think he'd be way better coming off the bench um like expending more energy there instead of like having to play like a, a larger, a larger minute load. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think, just think how they match up against like the like Bucks, Nets, Six. I think there's, yeah, I think there's been some buzz about Patrick Williams returning mm-hmm. potentially by the end of the year. You think that would change anything for them? You know, he is a, he is a bigger body that, um, Okay, at least physically, like has the chance to handle like a KD matchup, but like Patrick mm. Williams guarding KD is still like not great. And at least Patrick Williams, though, he is a bit he's a better shooter than um Javante Green yep. for sure. Um, but like I don't think he's really gonna change their outlook too much. Like maybe on the margins, but not nothing too um substantial. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So like, what are you, what are you looking forward to though? Like, uh, post all-star break, like what, is there anything you've been like, any trends you've been following? Um, um, yeah, like everyone else, I'm just, I just want to see Harden and Philly and Simmons in Brooklyn and see how that, how that comes together. Uh, I want to see like, you know, the, the storyline around Harden has been really up and down this year. Uh, you know, first it was, you know, has he, has he declined because of the, the fouls, the new rules? Uh, though, in my opinion, you know, the fouls uh, or the officiating has been back to where it's been uh, last year and, or, and in the years past. Um, and, you know, also there's been questions about Harden and his health. Uh, has he declined athletically? Um, so, like, all those questions I'm looking forward to you know, being answered with Harden, playing a motivated Harden, playing alongside Embiid uh, in Philly. Uh, I want to see how uh, Simmons obviously fits in Brooklyn. Um, uh, KD coming back. Do you do you know where the timeline is no, on KD? I, I do not. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know. Hopefully, mm-hmm. soon enough to where they don't they can get out of the uh, the play and hopefully, even yeah. though the gap between them, like the Celtics are Celtics are number six, so they're at the last spot um, before like the seven through ten play in, mm-hmm. um, and they're like three wins ahead of Brooklyn right now. And if they keep surging, that might be an issue for Brooklyn where they have to play like an extra game game or two in the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, staying with the Sixers. So like, how do you think like that Harden Embiid dynamic is going to work? Cause like 
both of them have not really played with a guy like the the other one like Harden's always played with like a really hard rim roller um like a Clint Capella um but MB's not really like that most of like a lot of the stuff he rarely rarely gets any sort of um like strong roll to the hoop like lob finish yeah a lot of times he'll just like float to that like free throw line spot because the the pick and roll ball handler that's there's not really like a rim threat like Seth Curry it was him and Seth Curry this year but Seth Curry is going to be like that pull-up guy he's not really going to be get downhill and finish um whereas Harden Mm -hmm. is but then Harden's ever played with a guy like um Embiid who doesn't maybe roll as hard so yeah what do you think of that dynamic I think they'll figure it out uh a lot of has been made obviously about uh Embiid uh, you know Embiid and Harden you know you're giving Harden a big and on paper it feels like it would be a seamless fit, but Embiid, like you said, is not uh, your, your typical uh, lob threat big that Harden's had in the past. Like we're talking Clint Capella, uh, Dwight Howard, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but uh, I think, uh, you know, the Harden and Embiid pick and roll is still going to be deadly. Uh, you know, Harden has his scoring gravity. Um, obviously, uh, if you if you can't switch Harden pick and rolls because he, he either he has a mismatch on the perimeter that he'll exploit or Embiid you know he'll seal his man down low and that's a bucket for him. Uh, if if you play drop you know Embiid still uh, you know Embiid can fl- float to that elbow uh, that spot on the elbow for his uh, p- for a, a pull up jumper. Uh, he's also able to put the ball on the floor. Uh, you know the little spin to a jump hook or uh, just use his size to get to the rim. Um, I think it still works out. Um, maybe not as seamless uh, with Harden uh, not being who he was athletically a few years ago, and Embiid not being an ideal complementary. Uh, but I think they'll they'll mesh their their games around uh, it's to the point where they fit one another. I think the bigger questions on defense, um, or actually talking about offense, uh, and the Philly runs a lot through Embiid. Uh, you know, whether that be him facing up or uh, sealing someone off in the post and playing off of that. Uh, so one thing that Harden has to do is develop his off ball game to the point where uh, he's able to attack off the catch or make quick decisions, shoot the ball um, and just in general move. Uh, like it, it's been an issue for him in Houston and Brooklyn where he just spaces out, uh, takes himself out of the play. And, and that allows defenses to load up on other guys. Um, so he's going to have to mesh his game around that. Uh, but I think when you put like two talents like that together, I think, uh, and there's like some lines that, that overlap, uh, with their games, I think that we'll ultimately figure it out. Yeah. Um, I'm just worried that their offense is just going to end up like fizzling out a lot of the times, like Embiid draws the double kicks to Harden, but then Harden doesn't like, as you said, doesn't do anything off the cash, just gets into his jab step. And then it's like, what are we, like, what are we doing here? Now we're playing against the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, defense. You t- you, were, you touched on de- or you were, you were about to touch on oh, defense. Yeah. Though. Elaborate on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so with Simmons out, uh, who's Philly going to start uh, to check their uh, off opposing perimeter talents? Yeah, I mean, you would think probably Matisse Thibel. 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 Um, Thibel and Danny Green off the bench, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but okay, so Harden's uh, with the James Harden, his his best attribute on defense is, is switching, uh, where he can use that size and and frame to stick with uh, bigger matchups. 
Um, but with Embiid, you really can't switch. Uh, like he's at his best in drop, uh, you know, protecting the rim. Uh, so I guess you could switch like one through four uh, with Philly and um, uh, live with the, and then have Embiid just be the, the backline guy. Um, uh, but like, yeah, Harden's going to have to buy in. Uh, his defense, uh, I think there's been people put together montages of, of how porous his defense has been in Brooklyn uh, this past year. Uh, but it, they're going to rely on him to uh, sort of cut down on, on the, the, the gaps that he's been seeding. Um, uh, he's going to have a bigger load on him. Uh, obviously, like even if Matisse Tybo is, is your guy starting, that he takes away a lot on, on offense. Uh, so, so it goes both ways. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to come down to, I think, Harden buying in more. Uh, it makes more sense to uh, fit the defensive scheme around Embiid more than Harden. Um, so I think if, you know, with Harden's going to have a reduced load, he has more of an incentive uh, to, to play defense uh, now that he's in, he's in a new situation. Uh, but it's going to come down to him. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just going to have to buy and just exert some sort of energy on that, especially with a reduced offensive load. Like you would kind of expect him to ramp up a little bit on that end. Mm-hmm. My worry is it though, is that you just, the teams just go into like a pick and roll with whoever's guarding or whoever Harden's guarding and beat Harden's not going to like do much to fight over screens or get through skins or anything. So it's just like an extended pressure on Embiid on that end. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some teams are just going to attack him. They can get him to foul trouble. Just wear him out um, over the course of the game because Harden's just not getting back. Obviously, there's some like band-aid fixes you can do, just like scram switch Harden out, like with what the Warriors did with like Curry to not get yeah. him involved in like a like a mismatch hunting type thing. Um, but yeah, defense is a concern because traditionally you want to play Harden in some sort of switch uh, system, but the Sixers don't really have that. Like Max, he's mm-hmm. a little small. Matisse Thibel and Harris, like you can kind of switch um, a little bit. Embiid, obviously, you can't. Um, they actually do have some guys off the bench that have some length. They obviously probably don't want to switch like Cork Maz and like Niang and like even Danny Green. Like, all those guys are actually just so slow. Like they're yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. just like just sprint speed wise, they're just not fast like whatsoever, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty. It's pretty funny. Yeah. So if Harden doesn't buy in, yeah, actually, uh, the, the whole switch thing I was saying was more of a concept, but like going down the roster, it actually seems pretty hard to, for them to implement. Yeah. Um, so it, it's going to come down to Harden buying in or not. Ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be, a, it'll be, it'll be interesting dynamic because both guys, obviously, as I said earlier, like they just haven't played with someone um, of this caliber, but also like this type of play style. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that'll be sure. interesting to follow. Is there another team you want to, touch on the east um well, or anywhere actually at number four or number okay uh you know what let's let's do one more in the east uh let's talk about cleveland okay uh so cleveland i think their their defense is very legit come playoff time uh they're pretty versatile even though they're starting two seven footers they can uh they're also some of the most mobile seven footers in the league so they're pretty scheme versatile um but uh, their big, my biggest concern with Cleveland is on offense. Uh, the, you obviously have a building point with uh, Garland and Mobley and Allen, uh, but from there you're not. Their surrounding pieces uh, aren't ideal. Uh, you have like Isaac Isaac Okoro, who is uh, someone the defense will willingly 
uh, let loose on the perimeter. Um, and, uh, you know, their best floor spacer outside of uh, Garland and many of their lineups is uh, like a, a Dean Wade or, or a Lowry Marketing. Kevin and, Love. You know, yeah, Kevin Love, yeah. Uh, Kevin Love, yeah, off the bench, you're right. Uh, but uh, he limits what they can do defensively. Um, and ultimately, he's probably not going to be the guy that's going to be closing games for them uh, just because of the defensive concerns. But uh, I, I think they have a way, they have stuff to figure out offensively. Um, uh, just roster construction really limits them. Uh, so they're, they're probably another team that's not reaching that contender uh, tier. Uh, but they'd probably be in that tier right below just because of how good their defense is. Yeah, their roster construction is just so odd with, like, Lowry Markinen, um at the three. Like, I don't know. Did they just, like – did they plan on having it? Or is it kind of like, oh, we can get Evan Mobley, but we just also got Jared Allen. We need shooting, so let's get Lowry Markin, even though, like, positionally it might not work out. Like, was it – like, I don't – did they, like, plan on having, like, this this type of lineup? It's just really – it's really weird to me. Um but yeah, uh, going back to like larger team picture, like I just, they just don't have much ball handling, especially in the, in their most idealized lineup with like Garland, um, Okoro, Markadon, Mobley Allen. Like I know they brought in, uh, brought in Levert. He'll probably be closing games for them. I would assume so if they're trading for him mid season. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have like two guys who can kind of just like, create off the dribble, but the rest of them are kind of just like, they can't really they had to kind of be spoon fed a little bit. Evan Mobley, I think he could eventually get there with some sort of like on ball um, creation, but his handle right now is a little, it's just too loose. He dribbles the ball really high, just like high center of gravity. You can put a smaller guy on him. He's just not going to be able to yep. get around. The only thing he's going to do is just shoot over people. Um, and his jumper's not entirely there yet. So yeah, just like the lack of ball handling um, overall. And then if you get the ball out of Garland's hand, it's kind of, um, a bit of a ball stopper. He's kind of just like a get. He's kind of like a get my own type mm-hmm. uh, score. He's not really looking to, like, looking at the second line of defense, looking to put, make a play for someone else the majority of the time. Um, so yeah, uh, do you think they're going to be like a first round exit? Like, obviously depending on matchup, but um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's all going to come down to matchups with how good the East is one through eight. Uh, but uh, I think yeah, their their floor. Um, or their ceiling rather is, is I, I, I could see them making it past the first and, uh, but nowhere from there. Um, so second round exit at best. Yeah. Uh, depending on matchup again. Yeah. So right now they're playing f- at, if obviously things are probably oh, they're playing Milwaukee change. right now, yeah, but Milwaukee. like that's probably not going to change. Yeah. It's probably going to change, but yeah, it's just, I mean, I guess they have the length to kind of handle bucks a, a little bit, just, Mm-hmm. Bucks defense is gonna swallow, yeah. <laughs> swallow the Cavaliers. It's gonna be some low-scoring games mm-hmm. for them come playoff time. Um, yeah, is there another team? I guess we didn't talk too much in depthly about Brooklyn. And I know today yeah. they, the 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 mayor of uh, New York, Eric Adams, he came out and said that they are considering like lifting the uh, vaccination requirements. So Kyrie might be back full time come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, with that, so. If, if they didn't have – if Kyrie's playing, like, that half-game situation he was uh, going to before the before the um, the mandate is lifted, like, how do you think they compare before and after? Uh, so, what would be their starting lineup with Kyrie? So, uh, it would be uh, – so, if he's healthy, it would be, like, Kyrie. Kyrie, Katie, or Locke. Simmons are all three locks. Mm-hmm. 
you could do Drummond, probably Drummond, right? They need a Drummond five. or Claxton. Drummond, Drummond or Claxton, okay. and then one of the one of their movement is like. Curry, Joe Harris. I don't know if he's coming back. Joe Harris will probably start is. if he's coming if he's coming uh-huh. back. But then Seth Curry, probably or Patty Mills, one of them. I would assume. Okay. Um. So okay. So with Kyrie out, you you'd be replacing or you'd be starting both of those shooters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. So yeah, that gets messy with, uh, on the perimeter, uh, defensively. Yeah. Uh, with Ky- you're limited with. Both Patty Mills and Seth Curry are limited. Um, I, I think even with Kyrie, like I think when he's locked in, he's pretty solid at the point of attack. Uh, they're a bigger concern for them is probably their backline defense. Uh, Simmons is Simmons is probably someone you you're gonna throw at, at like a guard or, or a wing. Uh, so beyond that, like Drummond is a solid rim protector. Uh, KD is 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 decent, but like with that as your backline, uh, especially against like. Uh, with how big uh, the, the the East gets at the top with Embiid and and Giannis, um, and matchups are going to be a concern. Um, but yeah, they're they're a really good offensive team. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think you're surrounding Simmons with, with shooting, obviously. Uh, KD uh, with shooters. Seth Curry was was, was a big addition. Um, but like when it comes down to matchups, I, I think that's what ultimately puts like a Milwaukee over them. Uh, just because of how uh, just how little they op- they have to offer in the back line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, I think the perimeter defensive contributor definitely like can be real. But what I'm thinking about is last season where people like, oh, Kyrie, Kyrie Harden, Joe Harris, like that's your one through three. Like defensively, that's not going to be good. And then they blew out the Bucks by like 40 points in the playoffs. Like even though they mm-hmm. didn't have the ideal um, personnel, they just made it work. And then their offense was just so overbearing that like. Um, it bogs teams down like on the other end because they have to play in the half court so much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that could definitely that's definitely could happen uh, this time around. Especially, we'll we'll see how Simmons is. and I actually like Simmons under a coach like Nash who's kind of just gonna you know, let let like let the ball roll out, you know, let him play, um, which I think he'll kind of need. But that that's Simmons is obviously just a huge question mark. The last time we saw him was him against the Hawks and yep. left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. But yeah, we'll. We'll see how Simmons is. Like, what do you think ideally Simmons' role is on this team? Like, what do you what does he do? Uh, well, defensively, he's 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 a guy you throw at your best perimeter option. Uh, on offense, um, yeah, offense is 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 still a bit of a question mark. Like, uh, Nance or uh, Nash, as you said, is uh is pretty free flowing. Um, so I, I guess you would have him. You could have him bring the ball up in, in some sets with with their spacing. Like he could uh, make stuff happen downhill. Um, have him play the dunker in, in smaller lineups. Um, I'm not totally sure. Actually, I haven't really thought about this. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to yeah. go off this? Um, so he's definitely going to help their transition game. Uh, just yeah. another like downhill threat in transition. And in the, the thing is, in the half court, I think he can kind of do that um, sort of thing, just like probing around. Um, and then hitting like backdoor cutters because like I'm just I'm just remembering like some of his early years in in Philly where he had the ball in his hands a little more and he was like handling it um, hitting cutters all over the place with guys mm-hmm. just moving around and hitting like hitting some like insane like highlight level passes and like that kind of faded on like as the years went on uh, you didn't really see as much of that in my in my opinion um, 
but yeah, I just think with the the spacing around him, he's gonna be able to hit shooters. Um, and people like and with the amount of shooting they have, the slips are definitely gonna definitely gonna be there. So he's gonna have a lot, um, a lot with that. Um, my my only thing though is is he he's kind of gonna like push out playing like some Bruce Brown, James Johnson, like the kind of like their non-shooting like short roll guys. Like I'm assuming they're probably not gonna play them as much at all if Simmons is in the fold, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I, I Nash has put out some questionable lineups. I know like Nets fans aren't big fans of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So James Johnson, I feel like, yeah, they have a lot of overlapping traits. Yeah. Uh, James Johnson doesn't get any respect on the perimeter, but uh, I guess he could see minutes because he's a, a pretty good backline guy. I mm-hmm. think from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I, I like their their depth. Now that I'm looking at their team, they have like looking at their whole roster, like everyone seems pretty playable to me. Like even like their rookies, like David Duke Jr. was starting for them for mm-hmm. for a bit and he wasn't that Kessel bad. Kessel Edwards is really good. Like, Kessel Edwards is really good. Cam Thomas obviously just mm. um and he has all the confidence in the world. So I think he's Over. gonna he's he's gonna have a playoff game or two where he just goes 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 wild. Um yep. Deion Sharp, I think, is pretty good. He also has some like pretty good passing passing chops too. Surprisingly, hmm. um, yeah, I just like their their overall depth, and they have a lot of different guys that can plug in and kind of like turning maybe turn a game or two. Like Marcus Aldridge goes off a little bit, like scoring wise. Um, but yeah, I, I think Simmons is a huge question. If he kind of reverts back to what he was, like kind of like a non-factor, he'll just bring the ball up, get an entry to someone, go to the dunker spot. Like if he does that, then um, probably wouldn't be as as ideal but if he's playing more with the ball in his hands letting like getting Durant and Irving the ball in spots where they don't have to do too much like one-on-one creation I think that'll be ideal for the for the Nets and Simmons yeah um do you think uh there'd be an avenue where he they play him as, as a small ball five the I think that's actually possible They're probably closing line now I think about it. it's probably going to be like a Durant Simmons four or five lineup um mm-hmm. just with and just that, switch everything yeah just switch everything with that amount of shooting um because I don't think you at the end of games you're gonna want to play drum and Simmons yeah. together because mm-hmm. uh, you see how Simmons is with like playing next to uh like a Dwight like Dwight Howard last season which those lineups are awful like I, I do not know why they insisted on on playing those um but yeah so probably like a Durant Durant Simmons Irving um Seth and then whoever whoever else is whoever else is feeling it, maybe we can throw in Kessler Edwards um, if needed. Um, but yeah, I just like their overall just versatility in terms of they can plug in a bunch of um, different guys. Um, they yep. also do have like the one thing is they have a lot of just small guards that can't really defend Seth Curry. Just they just signed Goran Dragic for I have no idea reason no no idea why like. Um, I don't really know how he helps them because I don't I don't think he's gonna play for them, I'm assuming, right? I mean, I think he is. Uh at least I, I think they made that move not knowing or at least uh uncertain if the the whole New York vaccine situation was gonna work itself out. Uh, just to get themselves another ball handler. Yeah, that's uh, true. Right now, like they're having Cam, Cam Thomas be, yeah, uh, share uh, like share a lot of uh, heavy ball handling load. And um I guess Goran Dragic is an upgrade there. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how cooked he is, but like, uh, yeah, like you said, he can't. He's another guard that can't defend. 
uh, it really it really limits what you can do there. Um, but I think it was more of a temporary fix with Kyrie out. Mm-hmm. That's the way yeah. I saw it. Yeah, if Kyrie's playing, I don't see too much of a pathway for him to get uh, minutes come playoff time. But he also hasn't played it all this season, so he's his legs should be pretty fresh right now. So he mm-hmm. is, it's not like he's been playing uh, all season for the Raptors. So, right. Yeah. Uh, let's see who else. Who else do we got? Touched on them. Um, have you watched show a lot the of, West? Oh, yeah. Ahead. Have you watched a lot of Phoenix this year? Yes. Uh, okay. I was just watching, I was rewatching Warriors Suns Christmas just last night. Ooh, okay. Um, yeah, at the game. Uh, but yeah, Phoenix is incredible. Uh, they're like right there with Golden State. I really, you know, as much as I love my Warriors, uh, they're like neck and neck for me when we're talking about the best team in the West. Uh, I thought, yeah, Phoenix, obviously, uh, they're, they're sort of like Golden State on, on defense where they can. Uh, adapt themselves to, to fit any matchup, play any scheme. Uh, DeAndre Aiden is a, is a big factor in that. Uh, and on offense, uh, they're, they're also super versatile. Uh, you know, obviously you have the, the Chris Paul Aiden pick and roll. Uh, you have Booker uh, playing Booker's off-ball actions, Mikael Bridges fitting into that as well. Um, and their complementary pieces are, are so good at playing off of uh, where the ball is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they're a good matchup for any team. Um, uh, what more is there said about Phoenix? Uh, well, let's, let's, let's do this. So who do you, who do you have right now? Seven game series, the Suns or Warriors? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, before this Chris Paul injury, like I'm probably going to get killed for this, but I, I would have taken, if I had to put money on the line, like I would have, I would have taken Phoenix in seven, uh, mm-hmm. just cause the uncertainty with, with Draymond out. Um, and Wiseman and, you know, just how, how Golden State had to figure that out. Uh, both CP3 out six weeks. Uh, both teams are, uh, you know, Booker is going to have a heavier load on him. Uh, just not just from a game standpoint, but like physically, that's, that's a bigger burden he's going to have to take on. Uh, and then having to figure things out just a couple weeks before playoff time. I feel like both them and Golden State are in that spot of a similar spot of discomfort. Um, Man, this it's tough. Uh, like well, let's say Steph fully, Curry, fully healthy because yeah. we're this is I like mm-hmm. the hypothetical I'm posing is like probably yeah, like yeah. in a playoff setting. I, I'd say Golden State, best mm, player in the series. Okay. Uh, they got. Um, I I think you know come playoff time, Steve Kerr always uh, you know he 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 experiments in the regular season, but come playoff time, he always uh, you know puts out what what's best, and that's the Steph Draymond pick and roll bread and butter. How much um, motion do the Warriors lean on come playoff time? Uh, it was, I mean, they've always been motion heavy. It's just like they, they sprinkled in a lot of simpler actions because, uh, so like, yeah, and those 2015, I thought was the best balance uh, of uh, motion and, and, and uh, the, the simpler pick and roll. Uh, but it come playoff time, usually it's like a 50 50. They, they start like bringing in simpler actions just because it's half court offense, you got to get a bucket. Uh, there's no better way than the pick and roll. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I just kind of want to say Phoenix just to like oppose yeah. you because you know we got to instill some it. controversy here. Need some um, contrarian. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, so I think DeAndre Ayton's pretty huge in terms of this series because I just mm-hmm. think his size is pretty overwhelming. It just it kind of depends on whether or not he's playing with that level of force because sometimes he can be a little passive, just like not hitting the boards as hard, not rolling as hard things like that but i think he's kind of figured that out this season because last season i remember early i wrote uh i wrote something about how ayton's like 
passivity just overall is kind of hurting the sun because they just mm-hmm. they just needed a a roller but i think he's found a really good chemistry with uh cp and booker and i just think they're they're how simple their offense is but to the level they execute is just so it's so good and i think that's going to translate so well to the playoffs because they've they're gonna have all this time practicing and like um just running all their their stuff they're gonna by come playoff time they're gonna have it down really easily and then because they have that such a strong base they're going to be able to add wrinkles and counters pretty pretty easily throughout a series because their base is already so strong um Mm -hmm. yeah and they're just overall execution and like focus level as a team i like and i think that's kind of why i'm gonna put them i'm gonna put them over the warriors not not just because you know you you like the warriors but no that's very (laughs) fair um and like if if you asked me a week ago i probably would have agreed uh but yeah aiden is is probably the x factor in that series uh you know his you know a lot of there's a lot of talk about golden state being uh undersized uh but like if we're talking about traditional bigs and just like lob threats that that oppose golden state like draymond green can take care of that but someone like deandre Aiden, who can actually create for himself like out of the post uh face-ups and stuff like that uh that's where i guess size really factors in and if he's being aggressive and um really imposing his will like he did in uh the the couple of the matchups this year against golden state then he's probably going to win a few of those games for, for them, like just by himself. Yeah. Um, with the Suns, though, I have the only thing I have is uh, Chris Paul, like that hand injury stuff. I know about the hypothetical I pose is like if everyone's fully healthy, but um, you could see last year that like his, he had like that shoulder injury against the Lakers to where like, I don't know if you listened to JJ Reddick pop, but he's yeah, like, he I did. couldn't shoot. Like he mm-hmm. literally could not shoot the ball. Now, obviously the Lakers, you know, didn't take advantage of that, but um. <laughs> Uh, and then in the finals when they had Drew Holly guarding him and Chris Paul was obviously not full strength with like some sort of like hand injury. Um, Holiday really gave Chris Paul trouble. Like Chris Paul really couldn't create off the dribble um, yep. and their offense kind of just devolved, just devolved a lot into Devin Booker, just taking really, really tough shots, which that could happen this year. Cause it's not like Chris Paul is going to be, um, improving and if they do like i guess the words they could put like a gary payton on him just like a very athletic defender and just really bother him just bringing the ball out the floor so i think that's a way the sun like one of the sun's weaknesses um and then yeah we'll just see where devin booker is at let's see if he can like start to create a little more separation because a lot of the stuff he gets he's just a tough shot maker tough like, shot that's, maker, that's yep. just his game um so if chris paul's kind of just out of the picture it's just whether or not booker's hitting his shots or not so because they don't really have any other any other ball handling like mm-hmm. whatsoever any scoring like camp campaign well campaign hasn't played at all but like are you really going to rely on campaign to do things like that i don't like campaigns decision making like i, I like i i liked his the story uh last year i thought he was really good uh but then once the team started like keying in on him and, and starting the game plan uh he gets like from what i've noticed like just watching that christmas game yesterday he gets pretty flustered uh, against defensive attention, like some pretty erratic decision making. Um, uh, yeah, like he's a he's a really solid sixth man. But if you're asking him to be anything more, like share a ball handling load, a scoring load, I, I really don't think he, he's someone that's dependable. I, I don't even think he's like a six man because six man for me, my definition is you want to be able to plug and play them into a closing lineup, into some sort of key lineup. And for, if campaign mm-hmm. can't make decisions like that. Um, as a ball handler with teams keying in on him, having like a solid scout on him. I don't 
really think they should put him in. Like, but then you put Alfred Payton in, like. Uh, okay, I, I mean, I'd Alfred, take Alfred Cameron Payton over Alfred Payton. You would in a closing lineup, like. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I wouldn't take def- any defense. Obviously, for Payton. Uh, swings towards him. I think Payton's a little more solid decision making wise, but just like the lack of like offensive, like uh, anything, anything scoring wise, yep. <laughs> anything scoring wise. Uh, yeah, there's not much, not much for Payton. So, so right now, let me get a firm answer. So, Suns Warriors seven game series. You take the Warriors, Warriors in seven. Right now. Yep. Warriors, Warriors in seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm. You know, just. Yeah, I'll rock with the Suns. I'll rock. I'll definitely rock with the Suns. I, I just like how sharp they are on offense. Um, and as I yeah. said before, I think that's going to lead to them being able to execute in these like higher pressure situations, which like, as I, I know I talked about earlier, how in their offense might end up devolving along to, to Devin Booker, um, just tough shot making. But if they can keep up that level of execution when the game bogs down, when everything gets more physical and like the timings might not be there um, for their actions, but if they, they can like keep, keep their level of uh sharpness and like just overcome that um i think even though they might not have the ideal like on ball creation talent they could make up for it mm-hmm. through through like other means yeah totally yeah, yeah. um okay one of the last things before we we wrap up do you think there's okay and we kind of been focusing on these two teams as like the contenders in the west do you think there's anyone else who can kind of like sneak up on people yeah um I think Memphis. Memphis has been one of the stories of the year, but I, I think they're tough come playoff time. Um, their defense is is sort of up there with uh, Phoenix and in Golden State in the sense that they can. Uh, they're pretty scheme versatile, uh, and offense you have John Moran and uh, you have other capable creators, uh, Desmond Bain and and uh, what's his name, Dylan Brooks can give you a little something. Uh, I I think they're tough mm-hmm. uh, come playoff time and. Uh, I think they're just as tough of a matchup as uh, two, uh, what is it, Golden State and Phoenix that they post one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if they're, if one of if Golden State or if excuse me if Memphis ends up upsetting one of them, like I really wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah. So something on like the Grizzly. I was listening to the Zach Lowe pod with uh, Jeff Van Gundy, like the most recent one. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about like how the Grizzlies like offensively don't really specialize anything in terms of like where they're making shots on the court. Like three point shooting wise, they're not great. Two point shooting wise, they're not they're not the best. Um, and then obviously they have the reputation of being a really floater heavy team with like like all their creators like all can get to that floater kind of like from Brandon Clark to John Morant. Like it's mm-hmm. a lot of um, a lot of floater game and a lot. And he was he noted that a lot of their um offense was just like like kind of propped up by the transition which is probably not going to be there um come playoff time so what do you think about just their playoff offense because i think that's i think defensively they're even though they earlier on in the season they had some issues i think when they lock in they're going to be a good defensive team it's just offense for me that's the concern um i think uh jaw once he ramps i think jaw has another level where he if he ramps up the scoring aggression he can uh, be a guy that gives you like 35 in a playoff series, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with an aggressive jaw, uh, I, I think you still have enough spacing and, and, and secondary creation to the point where the half court offense shouldn't be a biggie in my eyes. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think that, that's, fine a, yeah, that's that. a good point. If so, jaw would yeah. essentially have to become like an undeniable superstar. 
essentially. And which is definitely I think he can be because I think one on one, he's like he might be he has a case to be like the most difficult matchup to guard. Uh, just because you know the shiftiness, how he can get to his spots, it's just really hard to stick with him. Uh, obviously, that puts a lot on him, uh, but I think they have the complementary pieces too uh, that Ja can defer to. Um, you know, Desmond Bain is is uh, what is that? is coming to the spotlight this year, and uh, even Dylan Brooks averaged twenty five in that Utah series. Uh, people oh, don't really, really talk about that. I yeah, something that. like that. Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I think they have the talent. Uh, even outside of Ja, mm-hmm. to, to about, really put together a good playoff series. Uh, what about Utah? Oh yeah, um, Utah. Um, I really haven't watched too much of them this year. Do you think there's anything that they've really uh, they're, they're, they're that makes the, them better come playoff time this I year? I mean, they're kind of the same team. They lose Joe Ingles, so they lose another key key piece. Like it's not even. Yeah, he's not even like. Yeah, he got traded. Yeah, I, for, I kind of yeah. forgot about that for a second. He's not even on the roster anymore, which is kind of weird because I always thought of him as like a, um, as of like a jazz guy. But yeah, they're kind of the same. Just the perimeter defense is lacking. Um, a lot, a lot is like relying on um, Gobert. You know, we'll see if there's any changes after the All Star break with no more Joe Ingles. Um, I mean, I, <laughs> I guess you inject Nikhil Alexander Walker in there. Hope, hope for the best. Because I, I I would guess like on paper now they're they're definitely worse. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they've really changed anything like schematically to make up for their lack of perimeter defense. But if anything, got I worse, really thought Joe... I really thought they were gonna make a move in that offseason yeah. uh, just to get like a wing or a defensive minded wing or perimeter player. Yeah, uh, they're really just like that one piece away to, from being in that top tier mm-hmm. for me at least. Yeah. I bet it was I because they definitely know that's an issue. Like if we can tell that's an issue, they definitely know. Yeah, they it's definitely. Pro- know. It's probably right. a matter of like they couldn't work out the the other stuff, like the like for salaries or cap room and things like that, just to right. bring in that type of guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Any any last thoughts? Um, I I don't know if I have any. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a good pod. Yep. We really get wet pretty in in depth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bunch of different teams. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back next week with another pod with some NBA or about a week of NBA games because games start tomorrow. Um, Excited. But yeah, everyone, thank you for listening.